come on, as we begin to worship him, he'll pour strength into you. As you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, his spirit will begin to minister to your spirit. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord, of worship. You are worthy of my praise. I magnify you, not because I'm anything, but because you, oh God, are everything. Hallelujah. I worship you because you are worthy. I praise you because you are worthy. I praise you because you are sovereign and holy and righteous. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Hiramahaye konoreya alamasitolobokoye. We cast every care of the day upon you. We set our attention and our affection upon you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy, hallelujah. Iramasi oreya mandele kie yori alamasi dia. I pray unity of spirit, unity of spirit, Lord. Hallelujah, we worship you in spirit and in truth. We worship you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Come on, there is a pressing through. There is a pressing through in praise and in worship. It's a pressing through the veil of my flesh into the realm of his spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a clearing out of my mind of all the cares of the day, Lord. I lay them at your feet, and I worship you, O oh God. I worship you, O oh God. Nothing is more important than the communion with you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is present here. The Spirit of the Lord is present to heal right now. The Spirit of the Lord is present to put strength into your body that is weary. The Spirit of the Lord is present to minister to your mind as you worship Him, as you praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ilamando lobo sataye aramande yeki aramaha. Iolo sande yeki endeleki aramando lobo siye. Iorobosi aramandaye aranandi olobosataha. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ilamataye kiaramando lobosie. Iro lobosie dele di aramando lobokoroshi aramandaye. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, there's something that's moving here in the Holy Ghost. It's, it's very gentle, but the Spirit of the Lord is moving here in a very significant way. And I feel like as you're worshiping that His ministering Spirit is reaching into situations. I, I can't explain that. I can only tell you what. I'm witnessing in the Holy Ghost that as you're worshiping and praising, the Spirit of God is is ministering and releasing strength and healing, and He's calming the mind. There's a work of the Spirit as you begin to worship and yield to Him. It's not based on what you or I feel. It's not based in feeling. It's based in faith in the Word and the operation of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Iara mataye, arara mande ye ki arara masio. Iara mande ye ki eledi aramando robokore ye shi aramataha. Hallelujah, you are sovereign God. You are holy God. Your will, Jesus. Your will, Jesus. Your will, Jesus. We're not just marking time. Your will, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Iaramataye. Praise God. The scripture is very familiar to us. We've quoted it many times, and I'm sure we'll quote it many times again. It is a principle we must hold to. The scripture says faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by 
hearing. Faith does not come by feeling. This is a critical principle of the Word of God. Faith does not come by feeling. You may feel something sometimes, but that's not where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of the Lord, okay? That's where faith comes from. If you need faith, you need to hear, not feel. More often than not, we act in faith based on what we feel. We wait to feel something, and then we act in faith. Faith is not feeling activated. It's hearing. It's hearing. It's hearing. I can look at my wife and I can say, I love you. It's absolute truth. I didn't feel anything when I said that. I didn't have some warm and fuzzy come over me. I mean, now, if I dwell on it and I think about it, I think about the words long enough. There may be feeling that comes, you understand? But she has to believe that in faith, not, well, I didn't feel anything when he told me that. You understand that? This is critical to the Lord working in our lives individually and through our lives individually and collectively as a body of believers. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. This is why we repeatedly say we must learn to listen with our spirit. We don't listen with our feeling. We listen with our spirit. It's like, man, I don't understand it, but what they said bore witness with my spirit. Therefore, I'm going to receive it in faith. And faith is activated in my life when I hear and then I receive. Now, you can hear a word of faith and not receive it. You understand that? You can hear a word of faith and not receive it. But when we're listening with our spirit, we need to recognize, hold on a minute. I may not feel anything, but what I just heard bears witness. Therefore, I'm laying hold on what I heard. And it will produce in us what God intends. Right? We have another part of the word that tells us his word will not return void. It will accomplish what he sends it to do. But we also understand from the word that there were some who 
nothing really happened in their lives. And the reason nothing happened is because the word came, but it did not mix with faith. Does that mean it didn't mix with faith? It was the word of the Lord. We know from the context of Scripture where it was talking about it. The Word came, but it didn't accomplish anything in them because it did not mix. They did not receive the Word whereby faith comes, faith that comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of the Lord. And it didn't mix with faith in the ones that heard it. So we have to discern with our spirit when we hear the Word of the Lord and let it, it will produce, and it should mix with the measure of faith we already have, and it will produce what God intends not feeling. Now, I thank God. I feel his presence here tonight. I feel the manifest spirit of the Lord here. But we have to be careful that when we come into a place of prayer and we begin to join together in prayer, I am not trying to work up a feeling. Does that make sense? Now, I love to feel his presence, but I'm not trying to work up a feeling. I'm seeking to commune with God. And I'm seeking unity in spirit with you, my brother and my sister. Because when there's unity there, the Lord commands a blessing. Amen? Amen. I want us to pray again before we go into the word. I know we've sort of been teaching for a minute. Um, I'd like us to pray again. And I'd like you to agree with somebody in prayer. Uh, grab their hand, put your hand on their shoulder, whatever's appropriate. If you need to move and get with somebody different, that's fine with me. I, but let's agree together. There's power in agreement, in agreement. Would you agree tonight in prayer for the will and the work of the Spirit of God? Ears to hear. Come on, begin to talk to the Lord. Jesus, we agree together. We agree together. We agree in faith tonight. We agree in faith. Faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. We agree. We agree with you. We agree with the Holy Ghost. The work of your spirit, Lord. I agree with my brother. I agree with my sister. To submit to your will and your plan tonight. To receive what you would desire to give. You know the frame of each one, and we are in agreement together for what you desire to do and how you choose to do it. I pray tonight an anointing upon our ears to hear, an anointing upon our spirit to receive, an anointing upon our heart to obey in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm, I pray impartation of strength, impartation of faith, imparted healing by the Word and the Spirit of God. I pray send your Word and heal, Lord Jesus. Send your Word and strengthen, Lord Jesus. Send your Word and settle the storm. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. Iaramasataha. Melobo Santo Reyakataha. Iaramanda Yekotorobo Siaramataha.
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, you're the reason. Yes, Lord, you're the reason. You do the work. It's you that does the work. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated if you would like to. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. These principles are critical every time we come together. Whether here, whether in a home, uh, whether two or three or 20 or 30 or 70 or 80 or however many. If we're all seeking to commune with God, there will be unity of the spirit. Amen. Praise God. I'm asking Brother Johnstone to come. Love and appreciate he and his wife so much, their faithfulness, their heart to serve. And uh, if you open your heart and receive of the word tonight. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, turn with me, if you would, um, into the book of Matthew. I just want to share something, if I can, before I minister tonight with faith. And the reason I want to share this with you is because it revolutionized my life when it comes to faith. Because faith can lay dormant. Faith has to be activated. You have to activate your faith. See, if we're not careful, we're just assuming God will take care of it. I believe, take care of it. Ah, there's a little bit more to faith than that. And the story that I want to use tonight uh, dealing with this is the woman with the infirmity of 12 years. Now, I did not uh, come up with this. The brother from Maryland who preached a Friday night rally in Union Gap. It's been a few years ago, but he preached this on that Friday night for us there and that's what revolution, I, I, I've never forgot it. I, it's wrote down in my Bible. <laughs> I don't want to forget this. I want that. To, I don't know if it was Brother Charles uh, Simpson. It probably was. Okay. But he shared with us three things that night I want to share with you. The first thing that has to happen, I got to believe. I got to believe that what I'm praying for, God's wanting to do. And God will do. The second thing has to happen, it has to be spoken, and I'm going to give you an example of that. And the third thing that comes is obedience. That's how you got to activate faith, because sometimes God, I believe, Lord, that they'll be healed. God said, good, speak it. Now go lay hands on them. <laughs> yeah. 
We're going, well, I didn't ask for that. I didn't sign up. Oh, yeah, you did. If you're going to live by faith and you're going to activate your faith, there's got to come an obedience to what God is asking you to do. And that could simply be witnessing to somebody, inviting somebody to your small group or whatever may be out there that you're doing. But you're activating that faith. God, I know you want to save them. I believe you want to save them. I'm going to speak to them. And then in obedience, I'm going to share what you give me to give them. See what I'm saying? So when I learned that, it it was important to me to, to see how God would work. Number one, the woman with the issue of blood believed. I've, you know, all my money's gone to doctors for 12 years. There isn't a plan B anymore. I'm in more pain than I've ever been. I'm broker than I've ever been. And I've heard about this man named Jesus. I believe. You know what is so unique to this story to me with the woman with the issue of blood? She had no business leaving her home, let alone going out and touching Jesus. Yeah, that, that's ceremonial. You can't do that. But see, when you're desperate and when you believe God, you really don't care what everybody else thinks. You know, there's always the negative and the naysayers. Well, that won't work. You shouldn't do that. And, you know, all those real encouragers. But she put them to the side. Said, I believe if I could get out into the street, there's some blue tassels on the bottom of that robe. And they represent healing. Notice, she's, the Bible said, and she said within herself. I believe, but now she's talking to herself. She's not crazy either. She's, she's good. She's okay here, okay? I'm going to get out through this crowd. I'm weak. I'm very, very weak. I've been sick 12 years. I'm very, very weak. And it may take every ounce of strength I got to get to Jesus. But in obedience, I'm going. How do we know she was obedient? Jesus makes a statement, who touched me? You know, the disciples, <laughs> come on, man, the people that will be who touched you. How many hundred do you want to know? No, 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 there's somebody with faith. Somebody believed. Somebody spoke that word. And were obedient to the will of God. So I just want to encourage you with faith that that there's that part that if I can see within Scripture that that helps me. So I I want to walk in that and and allow the Lord to help me. I want to go to um, 1 Samuel, if we can. And uh, I want to go to chapter 30. There's a lot of ways to go tonight on the subject that I feel the Lord has helped me with tonight to minister. David has gone out to fight with the Philistines, and the Philistines recognize the Lord of the Philistines. Wait, this is David. We're going to fight against Israel, and and I don't want David along because it could be a trap. He, he'll turn against us and he'll help Israel defeat us. So he was sent back home. Well, on the way home, we know that everything was burned, all their tents and belongings. And the women, the children were all taken, the cattle, everything that they owned, all that was left was smoke and ashes. 
Can you imagine when they broke over the hill? Can I start at verse 4 if we could, just for time's sake? And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's their wife. That's their children. That's grandchildren. That's, you know, that's family. Everything I owned is gone. And David had two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmite. David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I got a problem with that. I do. Now, I'm glad he encouraged himself in the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But I believe biblically somebody should have stood with him. Of all those men, I believe somebody should have come up to David and said, David, it's going to be okay. We'll get him back. Come on, we're going to pull together. We're in this thing together. What, what would have changed this story in the fact of David had he had just a little bit of encouragement? We live in a constantly changing world of negativity. From the media to, to jobs to coronavirus to vaccinations or not. I mean, everything is just negative, negative, negative. And yet I find in Scripture the importance of God wanting us to realize that we have a ministry of encouraging people. I, I believe it's a ministry. I don't believe it's for one group of people or one set of people that, okay, that's their calling. They would be good at that. Everybody could say a kind word. Now, David was a man after God's own heart. And, and we know that the rest of this story, that he was able to recover all and everybody got everything back and, and everything was good. And, and thank God for that. But, but I'm just trying to set a little bit of a starting point for us. Where was the encouragers at? Let's go into Psalms now, chapter 3. Uh, this is a psalm that David wrote. The thing that I find interesting in Psalms 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, those five psalms were written in a very difficult time in David's life. Even his own son Absalom has turned on him. In the seventh Psalms, he wrote that song of worship unto God in the most difficult. I don't know anything tougher to deal with than when family would turn on you. I mean, it hurts when friends turn on us. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand that. But, but family's a whole nother world. You know, so much hope for Absalom. And he loved Absalom. But he knew i got to stay focused on God. That's where my strength is going to come through. I'm going to mourn. I'm going to weep uh, this great loss. And, and, you know, I ask him to be gentle with the boy and on and on. But to write those psalms out of heartache and pain from his own family. 
So David's teaching us something about life, isn't he? I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I believe once we come to the place, number one, of worshiping God and drawing strength from the spirit of almighty God that would encourage us, that would upgird us, that would bless us. I can't keep it to myself. It's kind of like the financial part of tithing. Uh, I, this isn't mine. I can't keep this. I, I got to give this away uh, because it's just how God is. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And so if I sow good things. I encourage people in my day of trial, in my day of setback, in my day of a discouragement, because I have sown that, I'm going to reap this. It's coming back to me. And it's easy to be negative, isn't it? So easy to focus on the negative. But, but God, help me get my eyes on you. Uh, let, let's begin reading here. Verse, th- verse 1 of, of chapter 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? He's talking about his family, folks. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. I'm going to deal with the word up tonight. Is that okay? Because the Bible said he raises me up. He gets me up. Everything that you're going to find about God for your life and my life is to lift us up. But you're going to have to realize there is an enemy that's going to try to pull you down. God's trying to lift me up. God's trying to encourage me. But you may have people around you who are not encouraging you. And why do you go to church? That ain't going to do you any good. It's not going to change your life. That's a crutch. That's a cane. That you know, And they'll make all those kinds of fun at you. No, he's a lifter up of my head. He's going to lift me up out of all of this craziness. And, and I'm going to keep my eyes on him. That's why it is so important to build this relationship with God. Because he's the one that's going to lift me up. He's the one that is going to help me understand the importance of he is the lifter up of my head. The word down here is interesting to me because we live in such a world of put downs, insults. It's so much how people talk today, isn't it? They don't talk with much kindness today or, 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 or complimentary or, or things of that nature. But, but most things are put-downs and insults and, and hateful speech and, and, and mean things that are being said. We've got to be careful that I pray that that doesn't get in my spirit. That, Lord, I, I don't want to talk that way. I used to talk that way. I used to be that way. That's how I grew up. That's what I was. But I came to God for change. I didn't come to stay who I was and be who I was. I want to be who Jesus wants me to be. I want to be created in the image of God. And I want that to come forth that people don't see me. But people see him. I don't want people to hear me. I want people to hear him. 
My wife and I had a, this conversation some weeks ago. And we began to realize that God had put us in a place of encouraging people. I've made reconnections with a lot of people when I went to a funeral in Oregon in a church I used to pastor who are backslid today. And we got to connect with them, and we are still connecting. I, I text people every week and encourage them to get in church. I've, I've connected with others. I thought it was interesting tonight, Elder, when I, I got a phone call from a pastor. What'd you call me for? Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Nobody calls me. Nobody talks to me. Say, whoa, 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 time out there. And I just started encouraging. Man, I love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for all you've done. You mean a lot to me. See, you can defuse some things. You'll probably get tired of me hearing, saying this statement to you. But what you praise, you get more of. Let me try and let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> just. I've been in this vein for a little bit. Uh, anger management is, has been some amazing things happening. But it's in that vein where people went home and started saying kind things and cut out the negative. You know what I mean? You, you, can, you can just get so negative about everything if you're not careful. And we did a challenge to go home for a week and just give compliments. Just go home for a week and say kind things. You don't get to be mean. You don't get to say nasty things. Can't do that. That's, you can go a whole week. Those people are coming back and say, it's already changed our home. It's already making a difference in our home. We talk different to each other now. All I'm trying to say is he, he's trying to lift us up. Could you imagine Job with his three friends? I mean, friends like that, who needs enemies? <laughs> Could you imagine going to the hospital, and you've got a ministry of going to the hospital and praying with people, and walking in the room and saying, Brother, man, you look like you're about to die. <laughs> man, you don't look good at all. You okay there? Not too encouraging, huh? And neither were Job's friends. So God is showing us what not to do and how not to be. By in the illustration of Job and his three friends, I, I, I wonder again. Job, I don't know what's going on, but I know you love God. I don't know what's going on, Job, but we're here for you. Job, do you need anything? Is there any way I can help you? Hey, Job, I want you to know I'm here. I know you're in pain. I know you're scraping your body with that broken clay. I know it's not fun, but I'm here. You can count on me. You need a glass of water. Can I get you something to eat? I wonder how different it could have been. Am I making any sense tonight? See what I'm saying? So, so what we have to realize I don't know where they get statistics. You ever, you ever wonder that sometimes on some of these? I'm in a home missions meeting, and, and uh, they said, if you want your church to grow by 10%, all you have to do is get your congregation to smile everywhere they go.
Anybody glad you're saved? <laughs> Anybody here love the Lord? I, I'm, is this okay? I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to get you thinking. I, I'm trying to get your wheels turning. That, that Man, how do people see? Do I have a smile on my face? Do I look like I would be somebody encouraging? Do I look like somebody that they could speak to? That, that if they had a problem and you're working on a job, that they could come and confide in you and that you could begin to share the gospel with them or begin to pray with them and lay hands on them. See, there's a whole reason behind everything that we're doing because God's got a ministry for every one of us. And could you imagine the ministry of just simply being an encourager? I text a pastor in Oregon every Sunday. I'm the only guy, to my knowledge, that makes any communication with him. He says, thank you for the encouragement. Now, you all can text better than me. I'll guarantee that. (laughs) What I'm talking about tonight is not complicated. What I'm talking about tonight is I feel the Lord has given me tonight to share with you is Jesus was constantly lifting people up. Take up your bed and walk. Rise up and walk. I know you're down. I know it looks like there's no hope. I know it looks like it's always going to be this way, but it isn't. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to raise you up out of the ruins of life. People have laughed at you, said you'll always be a drunk. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do anything right. Hang tight. Because when God raises them up, they're not going to be that way anymore. You got to realize God's trying to raise up people. See, the, the enemy wants to put us down. It it, it was Jonah who went down to Joppa, down to the bottom of the boat, down to the bottom of the ocean. I don't want to go down. I want to go up. The Bible said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Everything he's doing. I, I know you're depressed. I know you're discouraged. I know you're going through a rough time, but look up. In the war, I'm not sure which one it is. World War I or World War II, but the Americans that were captured, the most degrading thing that the enemy could do to them was put them in a little box with their head down where they couldn't lift their head up, where they couldn't get their head up, but they constantly had to look down. Don't you think the devil knows if he can keep your head down and you're not willing to look up and realize the great and goodness of Almighty God and what he's got for your life? He's keeping you right where he wants you to be in a place of discouragement, of depression, and woe is me, and it doesn't work living for God. Yes, it does. You've got to lift up your head, your heart, your hand, your voice. You've got to lift it up, and you've got to begin to praise him and to worship him even when you don't feel like it. Again, it's faith, isn't it? I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to sing that song. I don't feel anything but the refrigerator, but I'm going to sing it anyway. And I don't feel anything, but I'm going to worship and I'm going to love him. I promise you, if you keep doing it, all of a sudden the refrigerator is going to shut off and the heat's going to come on. And the presence of God has just showed up. Why? I pressed into his presence. I'm lifting up my head, my hands, and my voice. To God. He desires to lift you up. It is the enemy who wants to tear you down. 
I, I don't want to be torn down. I want to be raised up. Amen. The word up just simply means to rise up. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And uh, let's look at verses 9 through 12, if you would. I don't know if we, I hope we do, but the importance of needing each other. Four, starting verse nine, please. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. You can't make it by yourself. We need each other. We need each other's giftings. We don't all have the same gifting. We don't all have the same ministry tonight. So I got to have your ministry, Brother Lewis, to start making mine complete. Mine's not complete by itself. But I need you, and I need Brother Robert, and I need you. See, we, all of us together will make each other's ministries grow and blossom into what God is trying to do in our lives. None of us have all the answers, folks. But there's strength in unity. There's strength in working together. There's strength in pulling together. There's strength in praying together and, and, and laboring in the field together of the harvest. There's something about that that brings a bonding and a, and a unity and miracles and signs and wonders flow out of that. Why? God works in unity. I thought it was interesting, Brother Teclamaria, in the great revivals of Ethiopia, uh, he said he never prayed for revival. Prayed for unity. Prayed for respect one for another. Isn't that interesting? See, we think, God, give me a great harvest. Uh, let many thousands come to you. No, no. Let us flow in unity, God, because you bless unity. You bless working together. You, 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 you work in that realm. He goes on to say, uh, verse 10, please. For if they fall... The one will lift up his fellow. Everybody say lift up. Everything God has to do is about lifting you up. Please understand tonight, God always has your best interest in mind. Huh, you know what I'm going through right now? I do, but God's got your best interest in that. And what he's trying to do in your life He's trying to answer some prayers you've prayed. He's trying to work some things out in your life. Please understand, God has my best interest in mind while I'm going through this, while I'm dealing with it. Even though it's not comfortable, I thank God. I can rest assured God knows what he's doing, and he has my best interest at heart. He's not against me. He's for me. The Lord's on my side. I had to memorize a lot of verses along that line, Psalm 56, Psalm 57. This I know the Lord is for me. I, 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 again, because of my negativity in a broken home and guns and violence and all that I came out of was so negative that when I come to God, it took some years to get out of that realm. See, I'm a product of an environment just like you. 
But somewhere I begin to realize I don't want to live in this environment, not in this mindset. No, I'm not in the violence and the guns anymore, but I kept the mindset of it. I got in church, but I came with the mindset that I got saved with. And God said, I got to change that mindset. It's going to take some time, but over time, we're going to change how you think. And we're going to get rid of that negative and that woe is me and all that type stuff. Now, I don't know for me. When I said, I got to get rid of this negative thinking, I've got to get rid of this. I'm not good enough, you know, type, you know, talking to yourself and all that kind of stuff. The only thing I knew Elder Hart to do was start memorizing scripture. All I knew was to find verses on the subject that I was dealing with and start memorizing them and praying them back to God. Come on, if, if you want it, you can have it. It's here for you. You may have to do some work. There may be some faith and some obedience, but I'm here to tell you, if you don't want to be negative, start memorizing scripture that is encouraging. And then uh, I, I think it's so phenomenal when Elijah was running from Jezebel and he went through that little discourse and God brought him out of that state of depression. I want you to bless Jehu to be king. And he sent him to other places. Notice what he did. He got his mind off himself. And started doing ministry. See, the devil wants you to get your mind on your problem. Focus on your problem. When the Lord's trying to raise me up. And say, I want you to go pray for that one. Oh, God. I'm low tonight. Lord, I just, you know, I mean. I can crawl under a snake's belly tonight, Lord. I'm, I just, no way, you know, can I, can I go pray for that person? Lord said, I'm trying to raise you up. Don't you get it? I'm trying to pull you out of that. Trying to get you out of that rut you're in. Trying to change your thinking. I'm trying to show you how this can come about. So everything God's doing, what's he doing? He's raising me up. Everything. Now, I, I don't mean raising me up to be exalted. I, don't, I just don't want to be misunderstood here. But he's raising me up out of the ruins of life. He's raising me up out of negative thinking, negative behavior, and negative living. See what I'm talking about? And he's putting faith in me. He's putting confidence in me. I, and, and I use the word confidence tonight. I got confidence in God tonight. I don't got a lot of confidence in people because they'll let you down. So I put my confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. But because I changed my thinking, I can put confidence in him. So again, it becomes important. Let's keep going. Uh, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? He's trying to help me understand. You're not going to make it by yourself. Next verse. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This thing of pulling together. What would it be like if we had the faith and the trust of the Lord that I could go to Brother Lewis and say, I'm struggling, man. Would you pray for me? I'm going through some tough times. Pray for me, man. See, his prayers can help lift me up. 
get me out of that place. Get me through that storm of life. Get me through that temptation, that thing I'm battling in my mind or on my job or wherever I'm at. See, we, we, we think if I stay to myself and I don't want to tell anybody my problems, like, I don't know where we get that thinking at, but you need people. What do you think he said? Confess your faults one to another and pray. And pray, not gossip, not backbite, not not tell everybody in the, that you know. No, no, I, I love you. I believe in you, and I, I believe I can come to you. I can trust you. Would you pray with me? I'm struggling in this area. I hate it. I don't want to be this way, but I need some help. I can't break it by myself. In 2 Corinthians, I think it is 10.5, casting down imagination to every vain thought. Let's go to the, the uh, verse 9 uh, in the breaking of strongholds. What I have taught, uh, could we go to that? First uh, Corinthians 10, 9, I think it is. Let's see if I'm at the right verse. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. In pastoring, I have dealt with a few things. And I have had men come to me who came from other churches to me. And they were bitter toward the ministry. I want verse 4. Verse 4, please. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm just testing to see how many verses you know and (laughs) how many you can get to. We're talking about somebody lifting somebody up. We're talking about the Lord working. Hmm? Second Corinthians ten four. Yeah. Second Corinthians ten four. I was going to say it, but I thought no, I'm in enough trouble already. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is how I work with strongholds in men's lives. They would come to me. We would talk about the bitterness, what we were dealing with. We'd pray for deliverance from that bitterness. And we had code words, okay? Every time I seen him on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night at church. I said, hey, bro, how you doing? And what that meant is, you still working on that bitterness? You still getting rid See, there was an accountability piece. If you really want to overcome sin and you really got something that you said, I'm sick of this. I hate living this way. I, I got to come to church feeling so guilty, so ashamed of myself. I don't even want to walk through the door anymore. Then you go to your elder and you, you, he'll, he'll love you. He's not going to look down on you. He's not going to think bad of you. He's going to thank, thank God they've come to me. I'm here for you. I'm with you. And what he'll do, you will pray together. And then each week when he sees you, you can let him know. Or he can ask you the question, how you doing? I'm working on it. You know what I have found? In two to three weeks, they had whipped it. 
simply because you can't do it alone. And there was an accountability piece that came into that that helped me to overcome it. I'm struggling in this area of my life. Pastor, pray for me. And hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. You know, people don't work on things they're not accountable to somebody for. How many of you, I'm going to change this. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to do it. But there's nobody you're accountable to. That lasts about a week or two. I could do the New Year's resolution, but I won't. I'll stay away from that. But notice what happened. If I was accountable, it may be different. Am I making any sense? I'm just trying to help somebody that thinks, you know, I, I, I just want to give up. I just want to throw in the towel. No, 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 don't do that. Let's go to Scripture. God, God knows what you're going through. He sees where you're at tonight, and he loves you so much. He said, I'm going to help you tonight. I want you to know I'm not here to beat you down. The enemy will knock you down. I'm here to lift you up tonight. I'm here to, to raise you up here tonight. I'm here to believe in you tonight. Come on. And that's where the Lord is trying to take us tonight. In the, He said, I'm going to lift you up. You are so low that you just want to give up and go home and say, I'm not coming back. It doesn't work. This works. Living for God works. But you've got to work it. God does his part, but there's my part. If I wanted to quit smoking, which I don't smoke, but if I wanted to, you realize I got to stop buying them? Here's my part. God, just take them from me. Okay, but don't go buy a pack tomorrow. See, there's my part. See, we want God to do all the work. He said, I'll, I'll raise you up. I'll lift you up. I'll, I'll minister to you. But you got to do your part. You got to flee from temptation. When temptation comes, run. Get your Nikes on. Run. Don't stand there and look at it. Run. Floor that car. Run. <laughs> See, if you don't flee it, you're probably going to get caught up in it. So he says, your part is, this has popped up in front of you, but you need to get out of here as fast as you can. Somebody offers you something, get out of there. Just leave. Flee youthful lust. Come on, he's given me what I need to have, right? He's helped me in these areas of my life that, that need this help. So he's wanting to lift me up. Uh, and, and the scripture goes on and on with this. But, but it, again, notice in Matthew 16, 24, he talks about take up your cross. Take up. If I'm willing to get up on that cross and crucify this flesh, I'm going to be fine. Because that's where he wants me. So we realize everything that God's trying to do in your life is to raise you up. Isn't it interesting to me that Peter and John are in Acts chapter 3 are going to the temple. And the first notable miracle that Peter does is this lame man. And he says, rise up. Rise up. Today, God's going to raise you up.
You're not going to be a beggar anymore. You're not going to live this way anymore. God's going to raise you up, and you're going to walk on your own two feet, and you're going to get a job, and you're going to be able to take care of yourself. You'll probably get to have a family now because of this miracle that God has done in your life. I'm here to encourage somebody. God's wanting to raise you up. Your background has nothing to do with the wonder-working power of God. Do you realize that God already knows where you came from? God already knows what's in your past. That's why he offers us repentance and water baptism, this new birth. I, I can break free of my old life. I can break free of who I used to be. And I become a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation. See, that's why I don't, I don't talk a lot about my past. I don't care about my past. I want to talk about my future. I want to talk about where I'm at in God today. How many Bible studies are you going this week? What are you doing this week? Did you get to witness anybody this week? Did God put anybody in your path? You know what I've been accused of? Can you imagine that, me being accused of something? I've been accused of a one-track mind. All you talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, I don't know a lot about anything else. And not that I know a lot about Jesus, but, but, I, but I got my life invested in learning everything that I can. And, and I thought, man, what a compliment <laughs> to accuse me and associate me with the Word of God and a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything in this world is going to burn up. That's why I don't need to know much about this world. It's just going to burn up. It's going to be gone. Jesus is eternal. My walk with God is an eternal walk. I'm going to spend forever with him. That's why I want to know everything that I can about him and walk with him. I, I want to know his voice. I want him to speak to me. I want revelation to come out of the word that when I read it, God begins to speak to me things that bring excitement into my spirit, excitement into my life. Oh, man, Lord, that was awesome, man. That was, I thank you, man. That, that just made my day. But that's what he does. That's what he does. What you have to understand, God's not concerned with family, family name, background. It's where do you want to go from here tonight? What would you like? Would you like to get out of the rut of life? Would you like to see the Lord raise you up tonight? Out of the ruins of life. Elder started this thing dealing with faith, but this is going to have to end with faith tonight. It's going to have to end. I'm going to put my faith in God that he'll raise me up. Maybe I've lost my way. Maybe I've let some things get in my in my way in walking with God. Maybe my attention's been drawn to things I should have been, and I don't feel what I used to feel anymore in my, in my walk with God. Would you let him raise you up tonight? The enemy's trying to push you down tonight, cast you down. God said, I want to lift you up, man. Could I just lift you up? I love you so much, man. I care about you so much. I, I, I want to minister to you. I, I want to help you tonight. Would you stand with me? Help us tonight, Lord. 
Father, help us, I pray tonight, in the name of Jesus. You know where we're at. You know what I'm going through tonight. You know the things that I'm dealing with tonight, God. You see the struggles I'm battling tonight. I don't want to be negative, Lord. I, I don't want to live in this realm anymore, Lord. Uh, I, I want you to lift me up. Lord, David said, thou art the lifter up of my head. God, you desire to lift me up tonight. And I come to you tonight praying for your help tonight. While you're praying tonight, could we just have a prayer of repentance? Just kind of, kind of go through this place tonight. That we just search our hearts tonight, because the only way I can get to that place where He's going to raise me up, if there's some things I've been doing that I know that are wrong and that I shouldn't be doing, then we need to come before God tonight and confess them and say, God, I'm sorry for how I've been living. Sorry for where I've been. Sorry for the things I've been doing tonight, God. And I pray for that precious blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse me tonight, God. I pray for forgiveness of sin tonight that in the name of Jesus, I want a fresh start tonight, God. I, I want a clean slate tonight in the name of Jesus. Uh, that, Lord, you you said you would raise me up, and, and by faith, God, I'm here to receive that tonight. God, I'm here to accept that into my spirit tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus tonight. You've repented of your sins. I want you to turn to praising him right now. I want you to turn to worship him, him right now. Come on, let him lift you up. Come on, let him strengthen you tonight. Let, let him renew you in the Holy Ghost tonight. Maybe you've never received the Holy Ghost. I want you to reach out tonight, and God would fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, he works miracles and signs and wonders tonight. And he wants to work them in our lives tonight. Right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. Come on. Beautiful worship. Come on. That's it. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Let it happen. Come on. Let it happen in your life. He's here to raise you up tonight. New beginning, new start tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This altar's open if you choose to use it tonight. And you would like to come up and somebody pray with you tonight. I want to open this altar. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you just, sort of the way we started, why don't you find somebody to pray with? Amen. Would you just find someone to pray with, encourage them in prayer? Maybe a brother with a brother, a sister with a sister. You can pray blessing. You can pray strength. You can pray the favor of the Lord, the ministry of the Lord's spirit. Amen. Bible says, pray ye one for another that you may be healed. So when you begin praying with a brother, praying with a sister, God begins to do a work in your life. There's something that happens in you. There's something that happens in you as you begin to pray one with another. 
It's his word. It's the instruction of the word of God. Father, you know the frame of my brother. So I'm asking you, Lord, to minister to his need. I'm asking you to give him strength tonight. I'm asking you, Lord, to direct his steps on the job, in the home, in his marriage. Pray for my sister tonight, Lord. I pray that you give her strength, Lord. Give her wisdom to know what she ought to do in circumstances she faces. I pray the encouragement of a brother, the encouragement of a sister. In the name of Jesus, let there be a strengthening of the body by that which is compacted at the joints. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your strength, Lord, that is perfect. Your strength that is perfect, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your strength that is perfect, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, praise God, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. When you and I go through our day and the words that we speak to others, how we speak to others, We have dwelling in us the Spirit of God. And as we go through our day yielded to the Spirit of God, we speak words, and faith can be imparted to a co worker. Faith can be imparted to a family member. Faith can be imparted to someone you just pass by. Uh, 
It doesn't mean you're always going to declare a scripture or declare the word of the Lord. You're simply going to speak. I think Bishop touched on this with us a few weeks ago about just opening your mouth and saying something. What's happening? Faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. If you and I would yield to the Holy Ghost, and I believe we do, through the course of our day, our conversation and our expression to individuals can be the word of the Lord released with faith. And they may not understand what's happening, but faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. How you respond to the communication in the workplace, it can affect it. You are powerful as a child of God when you fellowship him and then you open your mouth and begin to speak. It's why I won't walk into an office without greeting people. I won't walk into a convenience store without saying something to people. I went in a convenience store last night. No, only better than that. I went into Burger King today. Oh, I shouldn't have told you where. I won't tell you which one. I went into Burger King today. And I stood at the counter. There was somebody standing over here waiting. There was a man and his little girl standing back here. I think they'd already ordered. I stood at the counter. I watched somebody walk up. I thought, oh, they're getting ready to help me. They walked up. They reached under the counter, got a personal drink and a purse. Walked by and said, excuse me, walked right by in front of me and went out the front door. I guess their shift was over. I'm waiting. And somebody turned to look over at me and then turned back around, kept their back to me the whole time. Here we go after seven minutes, which seemed like an eternity. I turned and walked out. shouldn't be that way with us. We should speak. We should speak. Faith comes by hearing. Now, we started there talking about what we receive. But we need to understand what we can give by speaking. We can release faith when we speak. You say, am I supposed to declare a Bible verse to him? Not necessarily. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Good morning. I, I, this is always fun. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm not doing so good. Well, I'm sure it's going to get better. Right? Now, I'm, not, I'm not into the power of positive thinking stuff. But recognize who we are. Recognize who we are. And then when you speak, go, what? I'm not just trying to say something to be saying something. I want to give avenue to the flow of the Spirit that comes through the spoken word. Therefore, 
I'm going to speak. I'm going to address them. I'm going to greet them. I'm going to acknowledge them. I'm going to say something. Are you awake? Maybe that's what you say. I don't know. I wasn't talking to you. Speak. Speak. The psalmist said, I finish with this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart or my thoughts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Doesn't mean I just want to say good things and I want to watch my mouth. I want to speak to people. I want to speak to people. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh, don't forget, uh, tomorrow night uh, we will have a stewardship seminar that starts tomorrow night here at 730. I'm asking, uh, again, if you're the hyphen age group, 18 to 36, single, that means not married. I'm asking you to be here. Uh, if at all possible, we will be teaching tomorrow night. We'll start at 730. Uh, it will be more informal. We may even have the chairs changed around a little bit, seating here a little different. Bring a notepad and a pen or pencil. Uh, if you're a laptop person and you won't be playing around on it, but you'll be focused and connected, then you can bring that. Um, but tomorrow night we'll be covering scriptural principles of financial stewardship. The Bible has a ton to say about money. I want my life to be in alignment with the Word of God in my finances. Okay? And so if you're, it's open to everyone uh, that wants to come, but I'm asking you if you're in that hyphen age group to please try to be here, or please be here, unless there's some really good, strong, legitimate reason you can't be. Amen? And so bring $5 with you. We'll have pizza and stuff afterwards. We'll have a time of just uh, visiting after. And then Saturday morning, um, I better read my notes so I know what time I said. Uh, Saturday morning, so tomorrow night we will sort of have a, a time for um, what I call meet and greet <laughs> when I was because we may have some from Union Gap join us as well. Uh, we'll have a time of what I call meet and greet at 7.15. Then the, the teaching will start at 7.30. So if you show up at 7.30 and go, oh, they always start five or six minutes late, you're going to miss the start. 7.15, you can meet and greet. 7.30, we're starting. Okay? And uh, here's a principle of stewardship. Be on time. And everybody said amen. amen. If you need to work on that, say, oh, me, if. God's really helped you with that, then say amen. Um, Saturday, um, we will have uh, coffee. Somebody said, will there be coffee? I think it was Sister. Yes, Sister Stephanie, there will be coffee. <laughs> amen. Saturday, we will have coffee uh, at 9 o'clock, may even have uh, some light snacks. Um, probably will not be healthy. And uh, then <laughs> at, uh, at 9.30... The workshop will start, okay? 
So the way it's going to work is tomorrow night, 7.15, meet and greet, 7.30, we start teaching scriptural principles, okay? Saturday, 9 o'clock, 9 to 9.30, we'll have coffee and snacks. Don't show up at 9.27 and go, oh, I need time for coffee. No, we're getting, 9.30, we're starting the workshop part, okay? I want to be respectful of your time. But 9.30 will be more practical. We will talk about eliminating debt, how to do that. We'll talk about creating a budget and do that. It will be an applicable workshop. Uh, we'll talk about credit and when you should use it, when you shouldn't, and what it means and how it actually works, what people don't want you to know, like mainly what banks don't want you to know. So don't hate me because I work for banks. Um, but we're going to talk about applicable stuff. But don't just come Saturday. You can come Friday only and skip Saturday if you want to, but you can't come Saturday if you skip Friday. You got to have the biblical principles. That's everything. The application means nothing if you don't understand the biblical principles. Okay? Amen. Questions? Yes, yeah, yeah, we still have men's prayer at 7. You just don't get coffee and refreshments. Those are for the financial class. <laughs> ah, praise God. Any, any other questions about that? Yes, Sister Philomena. You do. Thank you. So you need to before your before the class Saturday and don't worry we're not going to ask you to like expose this and share this with anybody but Saturday will only be as effective as real stuff right we can do scenarios and examples but if you're practicing with fake stuff versus practicing with your real stuff we want you to be able to have something you can walk out of here with that's applicable and executable so you need to know and you should have it written down somewhere on a spreadsheet whatever works good for you your income. <laughs> that matters, right? What's your income? If you don't have an income, that would be zero. Okay, but you can still come to the class. Okay, but your income, whether that's monthly, however you choose, but you should at least know what you have monthly income, monthly income. Okay? If it varies from month to month, then you need to look at a few months and get an average over the last three to six months, okay? Secondly, you should have a list of all of your monthly payments. I'll put this on WhatsApp, but I'm just telling you so you know when you read it. You should have a list of all of your monthly payments. And then finally... For any of your monthly payments that are tied to a debt, right? Because some monthly payments aren't tied to a debt. You may, you may pay for Internet every month, but you can stop that at any point, right? Some monthly payments are tied to a debt, like a car payment. You should, for monthly payments that are tied to a debt, you should know what is the total amount of debt that remains for that payment, okay? So if you have a credit card and you pay $50 a month, but you still owe $700, you should know $50 a month and you should know $700 is the balance. If you have a car payment and you know $120 is the monthly payment and you know $3,000 is the remaining balance, you should have both of those things. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, 
again, we're not going to ask you to share all that with everybody. If you're thinking, man, what in the world are they trying to do? They're trying to get up all of my stuff? No. We're going to try to, we want you to have it so that you can take it and put it into the workshop so that when you walk out, you're like, okay, now I've got a plan here. Okay? So we'll do that, and we'll probably have follow-ups. We'll answer questions in the workshop. It'll be very informal. Uh, we'll help work through some stuff. We want to equip you. We want to equip you. Okay, these are important principles. These are important principles of the Word of God. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people of God is their finances, unfortunately. Shouldn't be. If we follow the principles of the Word, we'd have victory in our finances. Someone once said to me, if you can master the three F's, if the Lord can help you master three F's, you'll have victory in life. Faith, family, and finances. I'm sure there's a whole lot more than that. But those three things really affect our lives continually. Faith, family, and finances. And the Scripture has a lot to say about it. Amen? All right. God bless you. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.